All right, everyone. Episode seven, right? Episode seven. Holy smokes. Yeah. We are uh, recording a lot later today. Yes, we are. I had a pup to walk, and then we realized when we record at like four in the afternoon, we and fall we drink really early because yeah, or we want to by eight. We're like, oh my god, I'm so ready <laughs> like, for bed. Like, what if I lie in bed and then fall asleep <laughs> and then wake up? At two o'clock, and, and all of my lights are don't on. Don't go to sleep. And also, I'm hungover because I've woken up at two o'clock and I didn't have any water. <laughs> Too real. So we're trying a little bit later. That way, <laughs> after we're done, we can drink some water and just go to bed. <laughs> yeah, just trying to exist as normal Ugh, human beings. You know quarantine and stuff mm-hmm. all right i'm Brittany vitrino i'm martha bartlett and this is but, but first, first let's talk, talk nerdy. nerdy i'm going first today yes you are so my topic today is you, you wouldn't guess it you no. could have a million guesses i you probably guess it. well also we both like so many things yeah it's a problem okay so <laughs> my topic for today is James Bond 007 and how I personally believe that it's a code name. The holding, not just 007, James Bond 007 All right. is a code name. So my sources for today are, of course, Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. I found an article on a website that I took a lot of this from called Cinelinks.com. And it was by a Rob Young. And then Fandom.com. James Bond, the book series, and then, of course, the 007 movies. All right. Love me some James Bond. We're going to go over a few things, and then we'll get into the story. Nice. After I take a drink of booze. What do you know of James Bond? Any of the books or any of the movies? I don't really. I know Ian Fleming wrote the books. Yes. And I've seen a number of the movies, but not, like, most of them I've seen, like, once. Yep. Not a lot of the older, older ones. Okay. I've seen a couple. My cat was named after the very first Bond girl. Mm-hmm. My kitty, Honey. Yeah, she's kind of a bitch, but I love her more than she, anything. She's way less bitchy than your cat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she's kind of a tease, tease but I love her go. more That's than fair. anything. That's fair. So, James <laughs> Bond, well-known British MI6 agent. Started out as a book franchise, then made its way onto the big screen and into everyone's hearts. I hate you. (laughs) I hate it. Or at least my heart. Okay. My heart and a lot of people's hearts, especially Daniel Craig. I'll say that now. Daniel Craig is my favorite Bond. Your heart or your pants? Both. (laughs) So, the man behind the agent... Ian Fleming published the first book, Casino Royale, on April 13th in 1953. I actually own the first four books. Oh, good. Um, Oh, good. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, and I've read them, and I'd like to read the other ones. Yeah, I'll have my parents ship them to me the next time they ship stuff if you want to read them. They're not too long, so they're easy to I assume that they're relatively Yeah, and they're cute and fun. Mm -hmm. And there are a total of 14 books. And they're all set between 1951 and 1964. Okay. The first movie is Dr. No, was released in 1962 with Sean Connery as the first James Bond. Yes. The movie franchise is still going with its newest installment, No Time to Die, which was supposed to have hit theaters in April. But but because of COVID, its new release date is hopefully November, along with Black Widow. Oh, God. (sighs) It's fine, though. We're fine. All right. 
Since the first movie was released, there has been seven different actors that have portrayed Bond. And there's roughly 26 movies. I say roughly because some of them, like, sort of count. It's sort of like mm. how the Hulk is technically say, in the MCU. I guess it's within yeah. the canon and because we yes. have to count it. And but. if you, like, and if it's on a list, but, like, there's, like, one or two that I don't really consider part of the James mm-hmm. Bond, but, it you know, it's yeah. roughly 26 movies. It's like everything where there's canon yeah. and then there's your canon because you're like, well, this person this was a bad really writer. Matter. Yeah, exactly. All right. The theory is that James Bond 007 is a code name and that James Bond isn't one person. It's whoever the agent is at that time. Mm-hmm. We can actually even go deeper into it and say almost everyone who plays a role in the British Secret Service are all code names such as M, Q, and Money Penny. And I'll touch upon this as I'm going through. I'm obviously mostly going to be focusing on the main man himself, James Bond, but even touching on them almost seeming like they have code names also helps the theory that it is a code name for him as well. Uh, this theory doesn't fit in with the books. This uh, is a strictly a movie only theory. Makes sense. One of the reasons is all the books, they take place just over a period of 13 years. So it's very, very easy. To There's just no reason to swap yeah, it, it out. It would obviously just be one person yeah. and they flow together better. The movies themselves are all out of order to what Ian Fleming released them as. So they kind of bounce around, which could have something to do with it, too. But uh, like I was saying, the movies, which is what we're looking into this theory, is span over 58 years and still going and seven different bonds. And they all act a little bit differently. And very rarely do they refer back to previous movies. Now, Obviously, they'd all act a little bit differently. They're all different actors, yada, mm-hmm. yada, yada. But if they're supposed to be the same person, you could, you know, some mannerisms. Yeah. And like I said, very rarely do they refer back. I will get into that a little bit more. But usually, if you have a million movies, you'd be like, remember that time I did this? Like, yeah. no, it doesn't really happen. It was many, many years ago. Yeah. And no one is alive from it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you remember all those girls I had sex with, and then they all ended up dead, which happens a lot in James Bond. Oh, yes. (laughs) And every piece of media. (laughs) Okay. Here are the basics of why people and I personally like this theory. Mm -hmm. Like I said, the movies have been being made for 58 years and they change with the times. So it's not like they even stay in like, say they stay in in the the 50s, 60s 60s. when it was released, 60s, 70s. It only is like a year between each movie. Mm -hmm. As technology advances, as the movies come out, it advances in the movies as well. Mm -hmm. They keep things current. Yes, they keep things current. And obviously the books aren't written like that because they were all written mm-hmm. in the 50s and the I 60s. Ian Fleming is dead? I believe so, yes. Kay. Yes. And uh, now, even if Bond managed to say starts at like 22 years old, which isn't likely that someone will become <laughs> no. an MI6 secret agent at 22. Mm-hmm. He Very would, precocious. <laughs> it would still make him currently 80 years old. <laughs> so... Unless, <laughs> unless there's some super soldier serum going on mm-hmm. here or some something Lazarus like that. Nonsense. I don't think some 80-year-old is running around doing super <laughs> crazy secret missions and car chases. And he never looks 80. He always looks like he's in his, like, 40s. Mm-hmm. 
Sean Connery does start to look a little bit older at the end of that. Like, he would probably be in his 60s, but I'm also not a fan of Sean Connery, so it's fine. So he always seems to be in his mid-40s fit at the prime of his life. And though sometimes there's references, like I said, to past movies, very rarely, they all look a little bit different. They all have slightly different personalities. Like I said, obviously different actors are playing them. So that would make sense. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there are still noticeable things that you'd be like, if the writers were better, that wouldn't be a problem. The problem with so many things. (laughs) All right. The theory really starts to spring to life when Daniel Craig debuts as James Bond in Casino Royale back in 2006. But we're going to get back to that because it actually first gets mentioned way, way further back. In the original version of Casino Royale, so they already did a version of Casino Mm -hmm. Royale. And this is one of them that I was like, it's sort of part of it because they almost made it as like a satire of the Sean Connery Bond films. It came out a few years after Sean Connery was Bond, but it is considered part of the main line as like a side bar. So in the 1967 movie, the original James Bond was, uh, this James Bond was portrayed by David Nevin as a retired agent who was called back into service as the new M. So he isn't even coming back as James Bond. Bond. Mm -hmm. This is another thing where we could hint to just code names in general because he's coming back as another M. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's coming back to help against Smirsh. No, I don't know what it stands for. I'm in a fucking parallel universe of fucking S.H.I.E.L.D. apparently right now and Marvel. What was it? Smirsh. S-M-E-R-S-H. I hate I, that. Yeah, I don't know. And I, I was like, I'm not if looking this If you were going to do this as an acronym, you should have picked something that didn't suck as much. Yeah. So this agency is going around and killing a bunch of double O agents. Uh. So he is known to be... Bond. He was Bond before he came back as mm-hmm. M. He is the original Bond, criticizes his replacement, calling him a sexual acrobat, which is taking a jab at Sean Connery being a fucking ladies man and uh, sleeping with every person ever. I was really wondering what a sexual acrobat yeah, was. Yeah, I don't know. That like... clearly was a copy and paste. And taking over MI6, Bond, the first Bond, original Bond, decides to confuse Smirsh by renaming a lot of the 00 agents, James Bond, 007. So all these Bonds can go after Everyone them is and Spartacus. confused. Yeah. Exactly. So right here, this whole movie is basically about James Bond 007 being a motherfucking code name. Ah. And it is loosely based off of the first novel of the series, Casino Royale. But the one that Daniel Craig does is a lot more based off of it. The Bond franchise was seemingly canonly connected from Dr. No, which came out in 1962, all the way up to Die Another Day until 2002. Mm-hmm. It is right here important to note that Judy Dench ends up becoming the new M, who is the head of the MI6, yes. who has never been portrayed as a woman before in GoldenEye in 1995. So ah. we're going to talk about that. So just note that here. Mm-hmm. 
Now, in 2006, Daniel Craig stepped in to play Bond at Casino Royale, and it almost seemed like it was a reboot to the franchise, which is how a lot of people looked at it. So it was like, okay, fresh new start, fresh mm-hmm. new Bond. Daniel Craig looks a lot different than the typical. He's blonde. He's blonde. He has blue eyes instead of that brown-haired, dark-eyed, mm-hmm. typical Bond that uh, is described in the books. Yes. But... The reason why it may not be considered as a reboot and instead still connected is because Judy Dench still is the role of M. And by this time, we're told that she is a veteran executive of the British intelligence as opposed to back in 1995, so 11 years prior when she just started her role as M. So uh, 11 years later, she's she would be yeah, what they more. described mm-hmm. there. She would be a veteran. Yeah. So this is where we can connect the timelines and say that it isn't a reboot, especially since Casino Royale seems to take place right after the Brosnan films. Mm-hmm. And the first scene of Casino Royale is Bond making his second kill. And becoming that 007 agent. That's what it takes to become a 00 agent. So you're an agent of whatever. You make two kills and they're like, okay, that was appropriate. Good job. You're okay. a double. And then he, that's when Here's we gold find star. out that he's 007 James Bond. So the fact that we see Bond just starting out here indicates that this is a brand new guy. Mm-hmm. and But with the same name because it still is Judy Dench as M. I would not do well with everyone having the same code name if it was me but obviously, you're not a secret agent so you no. don't have to worry about it there is a, another little almost easter egg it's not a huge thing but they would fit the theory that in Lazenby's only appearance as James Bond in On Her Majesty's Secret Service there's a scene where he doesn't get the girl and he remarks well this never happened to the other guy ah so, and the one before him, I believe, was was Sean Connery, where he always got the girl. Mm-hmm. So that was, that's like this tiny little thing that I thought was cute. Yeah, that was cute. Okay. I like that. So, in Craig's third movie as Bond, Skyfall, mm-hmm. was released in 2012, it almost seemed like another mini reboot in the series. Spoiler alerts here, mm. if you haven't seen Skyfall. That's on you. Uh, Judy Dench, who is still playing M, ends up getting killed and is replaced by that classic gentleman that we know as M. Q is reintroduced, who we haven't seen since Brosnan's He's last movie, Die Another Day, released in 2002. But unlike all the other Qs who are represented by some old scientist dude. Mm -hmm. He's played by Ben Wishall, a much younger, cuter, and nerdier engineer. He's really cute. He's adorable. And last but not least, we get introduced to an agent slash now ex-agent who we are led to believe is going to be a Bond girl in this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, She's just known as Eve throughout the whole movie. But then at the very end, when we see the new M, she is revealed to be M's assistant, Miss Moneypenny, um, who also hasn't been in the films for years. Like I was saying, we only know her as Eve until that point, And it's not until we see her as M's assistant that she's only referred to at that point as Miss Moneypenny. Mm-hmm. She's not referred to as Eve anymore. She's no so it's Eve. another code name. Like is, you know, God. M and his yeah. assistant is always going to be a Miss Moneypenny. New names. That's yes. fine. 
A final point to the theory I'd mm-hmm. like to point out is coming from the new movie, No Time to Die. It's set five years after Spectre. And this is Daniel Craig's fifth and final appearance as James Bond. Are you going to cry? Um, probably not because he is getting older and I know he's ready to move on. And I don't think he even wanted to do this one. And they're like, you're in contract. You have to. Anyways, it'll be fine. And so <laughs> I'll, I'll live. Of course, because we all know that this is his last appearance. There were a bunch of rumors on who would replace him. Mm-hmm. Idris Elba was yes. rumored. And then Lashana Lynch was brought up, which is a big deal because it's like a yeah. female. So both drastically different from the typical Bond, especially Let's since. Have both of them. Yes, even Craig looked different, but a lot different this time, yeah. especially one of them is a female. And the other one is uh, black. It, it, both of them are Just black. Kidding. <laughs> I don't know the other girl's name. Um, Do you are? Yes. I should have said this when I said her name. Ms. Marvel. The, oh, shit. The, the other pilot, her, her little lesbian um, lover friend. Yeah. There. Maria. I was like, yeah. Monica. And I was like, that's no. her daughter. That's her daughter. Don't be a fucking creep. <laughs> so oh, fuck, that's exciting. Yes. So people, like I was saying, of course, people were up in arms. Even way, though both these people are amazing. Way. Because one was like, oh, they're black. And Bond's supposed to be white. And he's a dude. He's not a girl. He can't have a vagina. <laughs> All that stupid shit. Good fucking So Lord. dumb. I would love either of them. And I don't see it as being a problem because I've always felt like Bond was a code name mm-hmm. for it. Especially, I didn't mention this before, but he throws his name around like it does not matter. Like, you're a secret agent. Yeah. You're just not going to be like, my name's James Bond, my name's James Bond, my name's James Bond. I'm going to tell every my person ever that my name is James mm-hmm. Bond. Unless it's a code name and they want people to know James Bond 007. Yes. That makes sense. Yes. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yes. I'm pretty sure as far as I know, they didn't end up going with um, Idris Elba. Lashana Lynch herself is in No Time to Kill as an agent. So we can all keep our So somewhere in the past five years, she joined up and she is an agent, but... I don't really know what her role is. And since it hasn't come out yet, Mm. we don't know what her exact role is. Thank you, COVID. Um, I also don't think they... So technically, in this movie, Bond, Daniel Craig Bond, retired. But I don't don't think they replaced him yet. Mm. And he comes back this one last time. Kind of in between. Yeah, they're in between trying to find someone to be James Bond 007. So yeah, we don't 100% know who these people are. Um, I also don't think uh, they officially have announced who's going to be James Bond in the next installment. But then again, who knows? Because no one has seen the movie yet because it hasn't been released yet. Mm So it could be revealed. It then. could be revealed just like they teased us with M and Money Penny at the end of Skyfall. They could say something in no time to oh, die. That'd at be the so end. Yeah. fucking awesome. All right. Also, I'd like to point out, uh, like I said earlier, they refer very little back to previous movies. Mm-hmm. There's a few examples where they actually do. Though it happens really, the main example does take place in Daniel Craig's arc. The whole whole second movie quantum of solace is about him getting revenge for his lost love vesper who died in Mm -hmm. casino royale all right all like all theories there's always gonna be holes because you know Mm -hmm. things aren't written properly or things not everyone aspires to the same theory as you yeah exactly so this leads me to the second example of where the films reference back 
George Lazenby, I mentioned him briefly earlier. Mm-hmm. He he's only Bond once. And he is in the very underrated On Her Majesty's Secret Service, which is a great movie. And he gets married, surprisingly, to the Bond girl, Tracy. Oh. At the end, mm-hmm. at the very end, they get married. They're, like, driving off, and she gets murdered. No. But very short-lived. Short-lived. God. It's not surprising, but... Yes. <laughs> Sidebar. We say. joke about Matt Murdock being a dick of death. Specifically all of them, but Daniel Craig, every <laughs> single girl he puts it into since his first movie is dead. The only two girls that have survived are the two he hasn't shoved it in. Just to let you know. This is just the most dainty <laughs> way to say anything. Shoved it in. Romantic. That's horrible. Dick of death. It's true, though. Matt Murdock also, we haven't gotten there, but we probably also will. Also dick of death. Yep. Anyways, dead, dead wife, bummer. Then, <laughs> the spy who loved me, <laughs> who is now played by, Bond is now played by Roger Moore. I hate you so much. <laughs> also, I want that as a t-shirt. <laughs> dead wife, bummer. Dead wife, period, bummer, period. <laughs> Everything is in lowercase. <laughs> Just as, but first let's talk nerdy on the back. <laughs> okay now we are going into the spy who loved me roger moore is playing bond in this movie he reacts very upset and gets pissed off at the mention of tracy's name and even brings flowers to her grave and for her eyes only so here's my theory with this we're gonna get into like another theory and i hate that theory so i'm gonna say my theory that's better first (laughs) my theory is lazenby literally only played one bond movie which is basically unheard of unless you count david uh, nevin and the casino royale but that only sort of counts He's then replaced by Richard, Richard Moore, Roger Moore, Richard, what? Roger Dick Moore. Moore. <laughs> <LOL>. <laughs> uh, he's replaced by Roger Moore and Roger Moore ends up being in seven movies, which other than Sean Connery, that is the most movies that any one person has played Bond. Uh-huh. Um, Daniel Craig takes the next one with five movies and then it goes like four to two to four movies after that. So it wouldn't even seem weird to me if they were technically the same Bond. Yeah. This was one case where they were the same Bond. It could have even been Lazenby was supposed to come back for more movies. And and something happened and he couldn't. So Roger Moore ended up getting, they hired him and then they just kept him for all these other movies Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. So just because Lazenby was only in this one movie, I just feel like... In this case, it is the same Bond. It's all in the same time frame. It was basically right after it. So it wouldn't be weird that he was referencing it back because it technically was him. That makes sense. It's just like how they randomly replace actors every once in a while. Yeah. You know, so that's how I look at it. I I get that. I think that makes sense. I think, yes. And then another point someone tries to make being they're clearly (laughs) the same person is Timothy Dalton, when he's playing Bond, Mm -hmm. 
He gets defensive and cold when someone mentions the idea about him getting married one day. So, I say about that. Mm-hmm. First off, I do eventually want to get married someday, maybe. But <laughs> I am not about someone being like, hey, why are you single? Like, I'm going to be, exactly. My response is going to be, shut the fuck up. It's none of your fucking business. And then I go to say, you don't even want to get married. So if someone was like, why don't you get married, Martha? You'd be like, like, why don't you fucking suck your old goddamn dick, bitch? That's (laughs) probably how that would go. So it's a stupid thing to be like, well, you got mad because you got married. Come to my commitment to cat ceremony. (laughs) I'm going to wear a fancy dress. There's going to be 300 cats. So what I have to say about that is this is a stupid point. The fact that people fall on this to be a reason why that they're the same people is dumb. You're grasping at straws. Don't fucking ask people about their relationships and marriage. It's none of your fucking damn business. Yeah. That's what I have to say about that. Also, if you're a spy, wouldn't you want to keep your marriages to your fucking self? Yeah. So your spouse doesn't die? You're a spy. Don't have a spouse. Nah. <laughs> Unless your spouse is a spy. We get some Mr. and Mrs. Smith going on here. <laughs> okay. Surprise, we're both spies. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> okay. So, the main counter to this theory is in Skyfall. Mm-hmm. Craig's Bond visits his childhood homes, and we see the graves of his mama and papa. I do mama write that. And papa. Mama and Papa Bond, and their Did names. Did you write Papa P A P A or P O P O P P A? Well, if it was Papa, it'd be P A P A, but I said Papa, which is Papa is clearly P O P P A. Ugh. So their names are on the headstones, whatever their first name mm-hmm. is, and the last name Bond is on there. Yeah. Oh, okay. So this would sh- uh, surely indicate that there's only one Bond, right? Mm. All right. So this is where I usually stop and just blame it on bad writing. Skyfall was great, but it did have some confusing parts that didn't make a whole lot of sense. And I always personally kind of felt like it was more about Judy Dench. And her sort of going out with a bang because it was her last Bond movie. Uh, And they had to, like, try to bring it back and make it more about her because, yeah, they were honoring her for uh, the 17 years she was Mm -hmm. baller and she's fucking Judy Dench. So there are a few theories on how you can explain away this. I'm only really going to touch on one because the other one is a little ridiculous. It's kind of hard to follow. It has way too much Sean Connery in it. And (laughs) I don't like Sean Connery. I'm sorry, fanboys. He is gross and hairy and I'm not afraid to say it. And Daniel Craig is so much hotter. So this theory is going to get a little... UK versions of MK Ultra on our houses. Oh, right boy. I can't I can't get away from MK Ultra. <laughs> I'm stuck. I'm stuck in a time loop. The theory is maybe the men who think they are James Bond are actually brainwashed. Brainwashed. So if the MI6 really wanted to keep this illusion that there is an ageless, indestructible agent out there, and they wouldn't want anyone slipping their identities whether it's the person who is it or whoever so so they're like okay we're gonna make you each believe that you are actually 
actually this James this Bond you and everything before you <laughs> was uh, all the other James Bonds before you were you, even though time doesn't make sense, but it doesn't matter. It's fine. Like I said, this is where I usually stop because this just sounds <laughs> with bad writing and plot holes. It was like the smallest thing that you see his parents' name on the grave. You see it says Bond. Like that's just something writers are dumb and can mm-hmm. overlook. Or he could have made graves or, that say Bond or so someone that he has could have somewhere made, to go. Yeah, exactly. Because it is a fact that his parents are dead. Yeah. It could be a setup. For the MI6 to be like, if someone wanted to find James Bond, oh, well, his parents are right here. His, yeah. I don't know. We don't know I just that think there it's are bad there. We all know bad writing can happen. Cough and game cough. Cough a lot of things. <laughs> cough. Anyways, stay with me here, okay? I'm here. I'm not. I need to stay here. I hate it so <laughs> much. Okay. Perhaps the original Bond retired as the Nevin Bond did in 1967. And the MI6 used some sort of device to record and store all of his knowledge and memories. Then they found a suitable replacement, Sean Connery, of the proper physical appearance and with Uh, no immediate family who would miss him. And then brainwashed him, installing all the knowledge and memories of the original Bond into his head and became the Connery Bond. mm Mm-hmm. Each time a Bond is unable or unwilling to continue his duties, the MI6 copies his memories and downloads them into a replacement once they find him. What um, do they do with the old Bond? Kill him? I mean, I think he just goes off and lives a life. Maybe they give him a new face. <laughs> Sorry, just your... The motion we have face. here is just drawing on your face <laughs> with a marker. <laughs> So each Bond is replaced, MI6 copies his memory and downloads them into a replacement with subtle alterations to accommodate the sliding timelines as the decades pass. Mm -hmm. That's why both the Moore Bond and the Dalton Bond would think they were married to Tracy, even Uh. though it was married to the Lazenby Bond. I personally, like I said, think the Moore and the Lazenby Bond were the same one, and the Dalton Bond doesn't know who Tracy was just because he got mad at the fact that someone was like, you should get married. Fuck yourself! Mind your business about my relationship. Don't tell me what to do! <laughs> Say about that. I will not get married out of spite. <laughs> so... And also, I don't want to. <laughs> so we go back to the main uh, story in Skyfall. The villain, Silva, from Skyfall is the biggest clue to this theory. Silva is a former... We know he's a former MI6 agent who worked under M before he went rogue. Silva repeatedly tries to make friends with Bond throughout the movie and refers... I, Friends is a light term there, but um, and refers to himself, uh, refers to himself and Bond as lab rats held and tortured by M. Uh. This could mean Civil was a previous attempt to create a replacement Bond somewhere in between maybe the Brosnan and Craig, which would explain the unusual four-year gap between the movies. Usually, there's only about a year or two between the movies, and mm-hmm. then there's a four-year gap between Brosnan and then Craig. But for some reason, the brainwashing didn't work, and they basically were like, well, okay, you're useless, go away. And because of this, he Silva remembers everything, he's furious about what that has done for him, and he plans his whole plot for revenge, which is the whole plot of Skyfall. Mm. This would explain why he wants to, like, bond with Bond. <laughs> 
I hate you. <laughs> and I hate and, you and I hate how much I laughed at that. <laughs> and oh, no. it would explain his hatred for M. Uh, when Silva follows Bond to his supposed childhood home, Silva has a reaction that is almost one of recognition. Maybe he's remembering a random memory that was trying to be programmed into him, but he knows mm-hmm. isn't real. And he also, when he sees the grave of Mr. and Mrs. Bond, Mom, I'm Papa Bond! <laughs> <laughs> He laughs. It's almost like he's remembering a time where they tried to make him believe they were LOL, his parents. these were my parents. <laughs> There's probably not even dead bodies there. Yeah, it's probably just grass. Um, and he knows that the current Bond believes that those are his dead parents. Hmm. What a dumbass. Yep. There are a few other points and a few other theories that I mentioned above, but like I said, they're confusing. They jump around a lot. If you don't know the movies, I'm just going to be spouting a lot of movie titles at you. And it's just going to get confusing. Yep. Cool. So I'm not even going to go there. Because I don't really even like the theories anyways. There we go. Um, so wrapping it all up, like I said before, I like this theory. I think it's something that you can play with. Yeah. Even if it wasn't the intended direction when they started the films in the 60s. It's something they could easily build on because a lot of it is already there. And it just allows them to go in different directions instead of keeping it in like this small little box. Keeping it one agent into a small little box. It's they all have gonna to look get exactly the yeah, same. It's this gonna and that, get blah, blah, blah. boring and the same because mm-hmm. it's you're just if it's one person, you're just gonna keep doing different things. If you can make it other people that are similar, they all have to fit into some kind of mold to be James yeah. Bond 007. But it, it allows different traits and different things to happen, which is a nice little refresh. Mm-hmm. So I personally liked it, and like I said. I want, I want a Jamie Bond 007. Let's yes. fucking go. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Also, okay. You've convinced me. I'm here for it. Yeah. I like this. I yeah. think it works. Yeah. I think I it makes simple. a lot of sense. Yes, exactly. And I think, like I said, it probably wasn't where they wanted to go originally. No. And that's fine. And that's yeah. not where the books went because the books didn't have to go that way. But it's so many years later, you have to find a way to open it up. Why do, Keep it even, current. Even in in the comics and superheroes. They have like, to the reason they redoing. Switch, they redo it or they, they switch Batman and Captain America die at one point. Why? <laughs> to give it a little refresh. Yeah. Bucky as Cap and, and uh, Dick as Batman mm-hmm. was a whole fresh look at someone that's supposed to be this character, this code name. Yeah, or look at Tony Stark, who has had his origin rewritten mm-hmm. for several different wars because they're like, well, we're going to try and keep it current so that he's not a thousand years yeah. old. So it's good. It's nice. I, I just like, like the the opportunities and the possibilities that it opens up as opposed to just being like yeah he's this blonde or this well <laughs> he's blonde now but he's this brown hair dark-eyed white british bro mm-hmm. that's 40 and that's it. <laughs> he's eternally 40 <laughs> and eternally <laughs> white and dark-haired and dark-eyed and british <laughs> cool all right all right i liked that that's great I'm going to talk about, today, Ellen fucking Ripley in Alien. Okay. (laughs) Specifically in Alien, the first one. Okay. But yeah, when I was like, ooh, I'll just look into Ellen Ripley. I love her so very much. 
I didn't realize because I knew Alien's a really great movie, but it's also got like books written about a lot of these subjects. And I was like, oh, okay, I may have gotten in over my head. <laughs> Which, mm, uh, yes, I did. So the topic that I thought of has to be broken into several topics. But today we are talking about Ellen Ripley in Alien. And what she specifically meant to women in science fiction. So my sources, obviously, Wikipedia, because that is who I am as a person. I also read an article on, I believe it was Guardian, and it was called The First Action Heroine by Zan Brooks, which is Zan with an X. And then I also picked up, there's a book called Alien Woman, The Making of Lieutenant Ellen Ripley by... Zamina Gallardo C. Did you say you picked up a book? Like you went to quote the quote library quote and quote picked it up? I didn't. I found it on Google Books and I used very, very little of it. But, you know. Libraries are closed right now. Martha. Libraries are closed. And also, this is how I cheated my way through a lot of bibliographies in college and high school. Google Books. Thanks. So, Alien came out in 1979. That's the year my sister was born. Oh, cute. Yeah, I... Was not born. Was not born then. <laughs> I wasn't born until 87. I wasn't born then either. Yes, you weren't. <laughs> Ten years um, later. Exactly. But um, while I have watched a lot of old science fiction, and I did look into a lot of the science fiction that was coming out during the 70s, and the women in science fiction during that time, for the most part, are just... They're somebody's side character, or it's the helpless maiden that you've got to save, or it's just the wife who takes care of the kids while shit goes down. Which is... Yeah. Um, And Ripley isn't that at all. Ripley is incredibly on top of her shit. She's consistently right about her choices, and she's right about the wrong choices that the other crew members make. If we listened to Ripley, we wouldn't have any of these fucking issues, but here we are. So one of the really interesting things about Alien is that it was cast gender blind. So any of the characters could be anything. So are all their names gender like blind? It was just Ripley, and then they added Ellen later when they um, realized it was going to be Sigourney Weaver. That's cool. So have you seen Alien? No. No. Okay. Well, I'm kind of gonna rehash the plot because it's important to why Ripley is the best and everybody else sucks. Um, Not everybody. So Ripley starts off the movie with a seven-member crew. Um, They're on the Nostromo, which is basically like a tow truck of a spaceship. They are um, two women, so her and a woman named Lambert. Five men. I'm not going to list them all because whatever. And a cat named Jonesy. Um, I know about the cat. Yes, who's important. Who could potentially be in cahoots with the alien because he has the little smug face, but probably not. Those fucking cats. Mm -hmm. So when the movie starts off, they're in stasis and they're on their way back to Earth um, when their computer, called Mother, wakes them up because company policy states that they have to check out any potential distress signals, which, I mean, okay, but that's a terrible idea since this is essentially a fucking tow truck. Why are you... What are you going to fucking do? Tow them home? I mean, that would be the only thing you could do. Um, they send some people down to this spooky-ass ship, which is designed by H.R. Geiger, so everything is incredibly fucking creepy. Um, he designed the alien and all of that nonsense. 
And then Ripley is still on the ship and she tries to decipher the message that they got. So she figures out that it's a warning, but can't get in contact with them because the other ship is fucking up their signal. Which I would have bailed right fucking there when I went through the door and I was like, oh, you know, I can't get in contact with my ship. Fuck this nonsense. Get out. So Kane, one of the other officers, discovers a chamber with loads of eggs. Eggs on eggs on eggs. And they're like fucking huge. Never a good sign. It's always bad. It's always bad. Always bad. Anything where you're on an alien ship. And there are eggs. It's basically a nest. Don't do that. You know that there's going to be you something else. You know something else. Is, there is something else. And you know those are going to hatch. Yeah. And they're like big fucking eggs, too. They're probably like two or three feet tall. And of course, he, being a man, pokes the thing. And shock and awe, a creature springs out of it, breaks through his helmet, and attaches itself to him. Cool, cool, cool. So uh, they carry him back to the Nostromo, and as senior acting officer on the ship, Ripley says, nah, quarantine has rules. You have to stay out there for at least 24 hours before we know it's safe. And they argue about Kane living, and she's like, yeah. Talking about quarantine. I was... (laughs) When they tell you to quarantine for two weeks, quarantine, people. Please. (laughs) <laughs> go back in time um but yeah literally my next line in my notes is this whole thing sounds a little too familiar right now <laughs> but yeah they're like well kane's gonna die and she's like quarantine has rules we have to do this this way and if we don't follow those rules everybody could die so this other officer named ash overrides the door code and her decision even though he's supposed to answer to her everyone should listen to ripley right now yes Quarantine has rules, and if you don't follow them, mm-hmm. not this one person could die. Everyone could die. Everyone could die. Listen to her. It's not badass motherfucking deal. bitch for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bam. Ash overrides the door and her decision, even though he's supposed to answer to her. And they start Ugh. to, um, they bring him to the infirmary, and they start to cut the face hugger off. But it has fucking acid blood. So when they start to cut through one of the little, like, fingers on the side, it goes through several layers of their ship. And they're like, well, guess we can't cut that motherfucker off. That's a solid no. Later on, they um, somebody hollers up and they're like, okay, everybody come down here. And they look for it and it's nowhere. And Kane's face is normal. And they find it and it's dead. So they repair as much of the ship as they can and they start heading back the to face Earth. sucker? Yes. Okay. Kane wakes up, and besides having some memory loss, he seems to be fine. And so they're like, okay, we're going to go back into stasis because we're only half the way back to Earth, and we've got some time. They didn't quarantine him? No, they didn't. I know. You just had this thing with acid blood sucked to your face, and all of a sudden you are fine. But it's dead now, so it's fine. It's dead, and you're fine. Mm. Your face looks fine, too, even though it was sucked to your fucking face. That's a gross slurping sound. I hope it came through. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but so they're like, okay, we'll just get back into stasis. But first, we're going to have a nice, yay, we're not dead meal. And mm, or not. So Kane starts to choke and shake at one point when they're all like eating. And it's not because he's eating something weird. So they get him flat on the table and they try to get him all right. And all of a sudden, the fucking chest burster bursts through his chest. Yes. Yes. The fucking best and that motherfucker zooms out of there like the most horrible little worm thing oh so 
this isn't as important to everything, but it is important to just life. The chestburster scene, they didn't tell them exactly what was going to happen. So everybody's reactions are their actual reactions <laughs> to, like, so Lambert, like, freaks the fuck out because she, like, gets blood spattered on her face. And it's like, <laughs> and granted, that would exactly be my reaction. <laughs> Lambert is very much what everybody's actually thinking. So um, basically, because of all of this, can't go back to bed because we brought an alien aboard and nobody listened to Ripley and everything is just the worst. So they try to find it, which, ugh, that's just the worst also. So they split into two groups. They have some tracking devices. They've got some cattle prods and flamethrowers for weapons. And it shockingly doesn't go super well. This first guy, Brett, like they have the tracking device on and then something's getting closer and closer and closer. They freak out. He starts to throw a net. It's just fucking Jonesy, of course. And he's like, oh no, well, I'll go get Jonesy. So he goes after Jonesy um, and then Jonesy leads him right to our new fully grown alien friend who attacks him and disappears with his body. The crew has a heated discussion. You know, that's not my words. That's fucking Wikipedia. (laughs) A heated discussion. A heated discussion. (laughs) They argue. And then they decide that the creature must be in the air ducts. And Dallas, who is like the main captain, who you think for, I would say, a big chunk of the movie that he's going to be the main character. Um, He goes into the ducts and he's going to force the alien into an airlock. But it ambushes him and kills him. Um, And then Lambert implores the others to abandon the ship and escape in its small shuttle. But Ripley, who is now in command, explains that it will not support four people. So they have to continue with their plan of flushing out the alien. Which I was like, oh good, I'm so glad somebody explained why we're not getting the fuck out of here. Because um, I would get the fuck out of here as soon as fucking possible. So, because Ripley is now head bitch in charge, she gets access to Mother, the computer. Um, Turns out Ash, who was the dingus who went and let the stupid thing in, even though she was like, quarantine and also I'm in charge, uh, has been secretly ordered by the company in charge of their tow truck thing to bring the alien back, and the crew is deemed expendable. So, fuck. Yeah, that's a, oh, great. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. So even if they were like, okay, we want this alien, bring it back. Yep. Don't care about who it takes to die. Doesn't matter. But you have to make sure that we you can bring it back. If you're dead, you can't bring it back. So why wouldn't they quarantine the guy that seemed fine after the face sucker randomly mm-hmm. detached from his face and died? Wouldn't they think it'd be a good idea to quarantine that motherfucker? It's very annoying. So there are two, like, the two engineers are, like, the two everyman in it. Brett is the one who tries to get Jonesy. Parker is the other one. And Parker says, like, three or four times, he's like, why don't we just fucking freeze him? We should freeze him. Like, it sounds like they could freeze him and then unfreeze him later and figure out what's going on. Dude's gonna die. Dude does die. And apparently it doesn't matter if he dies to your your company. So just freeze him. Like, Cryosleep, bitches. It worked very well for Steve Rogers. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like ways that we could have done this the not the stupid way. But yes, so... Ash... Why did people keep listening to this stupid motherfucker? Mm. Why didn't they say, then you can stay on the alien planet? 
F3 will leave on the ship and you can stay on this ship with the fucking face sucker bitch. The only person who was really arguing for quarantine was Ripley because everybody else was there with Kane and they could see him basically potentially dying and everybody was much more emotional whereas Ripley's like, um, no, I'm in charge and we can't do this thing and we don't all want to die, which is how everything ends up going. But then why weren't people like, okay. Why didn't we just get rid of the thing? Why didn't we get rid of the thing? Or why didn't we quarantine him after we thought he was okay? Or why didn't we freeze him? What's the argument with that? I don't know. I don't know why they didn't freeze him. But Parker does make that argument several times. He's like, we should freeze him. We should do something about this. And they don't. See, this is when I'm like, well, you all deserve to die because apparently you're all fucking stupid. Hey, if everybody listened to Ripley, we wouldn't be here. <laughs> um, so Ripley. Survival of the motherfucking fittest. Yeah. Ripley goes back to Ash, who is the one who. Let him on. Or who was. The who one who let him on originally. The, the one traitor bitch. Exactly. She confronts him and he tries to choke her to death. So Parker, our best friend, who's the only other logical person here, intervenes and he clubs Ash in the head and his head goes fucking flying. And you figure out that actually Ash is an android and he has been the entire time. (laughs) Oh, yes! (laughs) But yeah, so Ash's head is reactivated. They learn that he was assigned to um, ensure the creature's survival. So that's basically like his place there. And he's like, oh, it's it's amazing, and it's going to kick your fucking ass, and it doesn't have a conscience or morality like me since I'm a robot. And then he's like, y'all are going to die, and Ripley's like, I'm going to cut off your power, and then Parker incinerates him. The remaining crew decides to self-destruct the Nostromo and escape in the shuttle. I was just going to say, blow the ship up. Yep. Be like, fuck They're you, like, if you're going to strand us here, yeah. then fuck you, you're not going to get your alien motherfucking mm-hmm. bitches. Looks like nobody's going to get paid, so we might as well get out of here alive. Parker and Lambert are killed by the creature as they gather supplies. And so Ripley initiates the self-destruct sequence, but she finds the alien blocking her path to the So who is she the only one alive She's right now? She's the only one okay. alive right now. Her and Jonesy. She finds Jonesy, she goes back and finds him. But yeah, so she uh, tries to abort the self-destruct because he's in, the alien is in her way. Um, and since she can't, um, she makes her way to the shuttle and just barely escapes as the Nostromo explodes. So she starts to get into stasis, her and Jonesy. And then she discovers that the alien is aboard and has like shoved itself into this narrow space. And because it has like this weird like metallic exoskeleton-y look... It just looks like it's part of the wall, and then all of a sudden the hand juts out. Ugh, fucking creepy. I watched that last night in the bath. <laughs> so she, watching Alien, I'm watching Desperate Housewives. <laughs> uh, she puts on a spacesuit and goes to uh, use gas to flush it out, and then it approaches Ripley, but before it can attack, she opens an airlock and almost blows it out. Um, it manages to like hold on to the frame and she shoots it with a grappling hook. And then at some point it grabs the engine exhaust and she just blasts it out of that. Um, and then she and herself get, she and herself, (laughs) I skipped many words in my sentence here. She places Jones, the cat and herself. (laughs) 
Okay. It's, it's oh, late okay. o'clock. Um, <laughs> she, she places Jones, the cat, and herself into stasis, and then they go home to Earth. So, she and herself. She and herself. She and herself, and also the cat. Me, myself, and I. Mm-hmm. So, part of what makes Ripley so exciting is that she was one of the first of her kind. Because she was cast gender blind, they didn't cast her with any like particular aspersions in mind, and they didn't cast her to be hot, and they didn't cast her to be this or that. They cast her to be Ripley. And that that makes a big difference. So one of the quotes that I have here from the book, Alien Woman, The Making of Lieutenant Ellen Ripley, was, and then there is Ripley, born of a long and uncomfortable association between science fiction and horror, Ripley combines the survivor of the slasher with the heroic astronaut of science fiction. Though Ripley was, as many critics have pointed out, a product of masculine discourse in the sense that the role was originally produced by males for a male actor and Alien was directed and produced by males, the character Ripley as she appeared on the screen is nonetheless a product of 1960s and 70s second wave feminism. Ripley may not be feminist per se. She does not, for example, actively fight for women's equality, and none of her arguments with the men draw attention to their misogyny, even though she is clearly the object of gender bias. However, one cannot easily dismiss the fact that her presence on the ship and the rank that she holds is surely forward-thinking for the time and genre. Neither Ripley nor her female crew member... Lambert are secretaries in space. They don't serve coffee. They don't receive special treatment or deference as girls. They do not pander to the egos of men. In essence, feminism created the context in which a female could be considered not only for the post of commanding officer, a concept that Gene Roddenberry had tried to sell a decade earlier in the pilot episode of Star Trek in 1965, only to be told that no one would believe a woman could command a starship, which... but also the lead in a science fiction movie. So basically, because Ripley is a boss, and because Ripley was done as a person and not as, like, a woman in sci-fi, she led the way in characters that were more well-rounded and actually had agency there. I love her more than anything. So another quote, just to end on, was basically... Ripley is pretty revolutionary. All of a sudden you have a horror film that has a younger female character who is a survivor and a heroine as opposed to a victim. Originally conceived as a male character, Ripley would go on to form the heart and soul of the alien pictures. So, she could have been a sexy scream queen, she could have been a lot of different things. She's never screaming, she's just furrowing her brow and tackling things and just being fucking determined and a boss. Um, It's Ripley who's right in the first place when she's like no you can't fucking come on the ship because this is a bad idea only to be overruled by her male colleagues and it's ripley who um, technically it was a robot he's a dude robot (laughs) 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 but also like she's got a good balance between being not too stereotypically like the screaming female and not to like, I'm just a man who they put a female name on because she's still hurrying off to like save the ship's cat. And in later movies, she's got some pretty strong maternal instincts. But yeah, so as a well-rounded, amazing sci-fi character, Ellen Ripley is everything that we wanted and needed. 
Cheers. Cheers. I wonder who else was words concept of of casting yeah gender blind is really cool right it's I such like a good that. idea because yeah. it doesn't put any expectations on a character well, then, there's no male expectations and there's no female expectations if you don't know what gender they're gonna be it's just this is the character it could be mm-hmm. either and so when we place a gender it doesn't matter what gender it is because that's this is their character like i really wish that a lot of things like yeah that's cool completely gender and race blind casting yeah should be how it is just cast on somebody's talent yes because that's how alien was made and alien that's is cool. incredibly successful and also like game changer yeah no that's really that's a really cool concept i like awesome. it i like it all right yeah i like it well if you ever want to watch it no we have it available. not my kind of movie. <laughs> Yeah, there were a lot of other, a lot of other things that I was like, I'll look into this. And then I was like, I can't talk for four hours about this. This is too much. <laughs> Narrow your focus. I know. So. A lot of things you pick, you're like, okay, I have to choose mm-hmm. this. Like, like okay. I chose James Bond. There's <laughs> 50 years of this shit. So you will the movies today. That's funny. Yeah, I know. Weird, right? Yeah. So yeah, that is our seventh episode. Thank you for joining us. Make sure you, like we said, rate, rate review, review, subscribe. Subscribe. Let us know. Once again, we are on Apple iTunes. Mm-hmm. Spotify. And you can also find us on Podbean. Podbean. We're also on Insta, just at, but first, let's talk nerdy. And if we fucked anything up, which I'm sure we did, Shrug. you can let us know. At but first let's talk nerdy. We will at yahoo.com. We'll look at it. We probably won't do anything about it though. Alright, everyone, stay safe. Keep moving. Wash your hands. Smile. Wash your damn hands. And we'll see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday.